the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Have a little cup of hot tea here. Huh? Kath and I are sick. I don't know how this happened. We got the crud. We got the crud at the like same moment. Yeah. I uh, feel great. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot. Because you're behind there. We, you're not even around. For Sorry, those guys. of you that have never seen how the studios or any radio studio is set up, John and I are in one room. Mike's in another room. Oh, yeah. So we get to look at him through the glass. The hermetically sealed mm-hmm. studio he's in, which is germ-free. Right. And well, he's what? all in there happy, like living his, you mm-hmm. know. Best life now. It, and right. his, uh, what, what essential oil mm-hmm. yeah, you know day to day experience essential well if oils. you guys need anything I'm well, at your service oh I'm sure you so are you yeah right tea, you know, mm-hmm. coffee mm-hmm. yeah right thanks a lot vitamin C well, pills well because you're going to wait on us mm-hmm. whatever right. I, right. I could you. use I could use some ibuprofen mm-hmm. let's go to the moon <laughs> I left my Vicks VapoRub at home John but mm-hmm. tell me about the moon okay um, you know my dad used to eat Vicks VapoRub my grandmother made me eat it eat it it, eat now, it. it clearly says on the label yeah don't do not eat. It, do not ingest right but yeah, it was a teaspoon of Vicks Vapo Rub mm-hmm. and a shot of whiskey. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, it's good for a six-year-old. Put the hair in your chest <laughs> up, right? Okay, so a Japanese billionaire wants a single woman to go to the moon with him on a SpaceX rocket in 2023. <laughs> um, I'm I gonna, bet he does. I'm going to uh, mispronounce his name here. Yasuka Mizawawa. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll give that a shot. A Japanese billionaire. He has paid SpaceX an undisclosed sum of money for a trip around the moon in 2023. He now says that he wants a single woman to apply to fly in the mission. He has sold his online fashion company, Zozo, for $3.7 billion last year. Holy. Uh, so now he is proposing in Japan that there be a sort of like a game show, like The Bachelor. And he would choose one of the young astronaut aspirants to join him. <laughs> to join him. I mean, on this I'll trip. be honest with you; it's going to be a limited field. I think a lot of people would say, "Yeah, let me do that," right? Because that would, no pun intended, that would catapult your image. No, not stratospheric. No, I totally disagree with what? you. What are you no, saying? No, not a lot of people are going to want to do that. Kath, no, I bet no. you by the thousands, Get people would sign. Out. They're the not going to be. Thousands of women who are going to line up to do that. He's a billionaire, and he's going to take you to the moon. That and then, is so, stupid. If you would, if you would pass the rigorous examinations, okay. So I'm feeling ill. I'm telling you, my opinions are going to be front and center right. today. You're going to be sorry. No, this is ridiculous. I'm not sorry. No, he said he wants to find a life partner. With that future partner of mine, I want to shout out our love and world peace from <laughs> outer space. World peace from outer space. Now, here's the deal. Uh, I think just this past week, NASA released their latest class of astronauts, seven men, six women. Do you understand the deep, rigorous, psychological, physical examinations you've got to go through? Right, which is why there are not 
2,000 people who are going to say yes to that. And if they are, oh, no. NASA's going to say no to every one of them. It's SpaceX. It's Elon Musk. Okay, so space, what? So Elon's going to say, okay, lady, because you won the Bachelor right. Japanese style, you're in? Maybe so. And we'll put you in this, you know, kind of spinning thing that goes around and around and around. A spinning thing. It's not like they're going to Disney World. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, I mean, they both, I, I, I don't say this flippantly, but they could both die. I mean, we know how dangerous space travel yeah, is, yeah. so we're, now we're going to decide who goes based on a reality show? Well, that's what it looks like. So, you know, I mean, Elon Musk is proposing, and already in the works, of course, right? We, we're going to go to the moon. And uh, if, if they're going to send a Japanese business, business person, I'm sure hundreds and hundreds okay, of people so, have already signed right, up for so this. So if they send the Japanese business person, mm-hmm. does he go with an actual astronaut? Oh, I mean, I'm sure, yeah. There's got to be a crew So it's of kind of like having you know, a chauffeur. Right. You can and have so all the Japanese charge. dude does is sit there. sit there and make conversation with the lovely woman who won his contest. Right. While, you know, she barfs in her spacesuit. Let me guess that she's going to be less than 30 years old and a size zero. Of course. Of course she will be. Okay. Right? Would you do it? Would I'm you? Never. If someone said you calf. Are you kidding me? Really? You wouldn't go to the moon? Oh, I'd love to go. Get you out would? of Absolutely not. For fear of what? The danger of it all? Yes. And me being so grotesquely incompetent. You don't have to be competent. You're a passenger. It's like getting on, you know, a, an airplane. No, because something's going to happen. And all of a sudden, I'm going to be forced into some... I mean, I've seen Apollo 11, or Apollo 13. I've seen right. them both, actually. Press the button. Press the button. Right. I, like, I'm not prepared for something like that. Mm. I would ruin someone else's life and my own. Well, space tourism is now a thing, right? And not soon and very soon... Sorry. Really? So if someone there said are you, enough places I'd like to visit on this planet, let alone going to the moon that orbits. I'd love to go. Good for you. Just get me up there. So if someone said you're going, yeah. then you're going. If I could pass the, the rigors of it all, yeah. Which, how many of us can pass the rigors Probably, of that? Hardly yeah. any. Yeah. I mean, you see like, you know, those guys spinning around. and. I, can you imagine me with my vertigo? Oh, no. That'd be horrible. It would be really horrible. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Kath. Yeah. We're going to put you in this little thing and we're going to spin you around. Right. All right. I'll come out dead. All right. Well, anyway, so I look forward to this, the continuing now, are we saga. Going, are we going to be able to watch this program in America? The Oh, I bet you would be able to see it online at the very least, right? That would be so, – I've never watched any of those shows. Neither have I. Have well, you ever watched a reality show? I mean, you know, flipping through the dials, I see uh, – where, where are they on the island? The Survivor. Survivor, yeah. I'll see that. Okay, you know. I've never seen that. I've seen, you know, I've seen somebody get a rose on the, on bachelor. the bachelor thing, I've never right? seen that. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Well, Amazing Race. What is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen little clips of that. Okay. Big Brother. Make me, make you anxious. Well, what's, what's the other one? Big Brother. What does that do? I don't do? know. Where you get to pick your brother? brother? No. It's a bunch of people living in the same house. It's sort of like the real world on MTV. Oh, on MTV? Yeah. Oh, I never saw any of those either. It'd be horrible. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't do that. Because this, what, what are you going to do in that thing? What's the reward? Right? Survivor, I guess you get $100,000 or something like that. I think Big Brother, you yeah. get like a million dollars or something like that. We're just guessing. Well, this Japanese guy doesn't need because yeah. he just sold his company for $3 billion. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So what is it? You know what I, I bet he's going to want to do next? Hmm. Run for president. <laughs> wait. We're going to talk about that a little later on. Okay. okay? I can't wait. All right. Hey, we've got a we jam-packed show for you. Do we, we really do. Coming up next, we're going to talk about ministry on the margins, how one man travels to marginalized communities around the U.S., and he does it all the time. Very nice. Tim Muldoon is with us. Does that mean he doesn't minutes. have his own neighborhood? He just... Calls no, every neighborhood his neighborhood? Won't you be my neighbor? Right? Everyone's got a neighborhood. 
101.5 WORD. Why does God allow his people to suffer? Why does he discipline his children? These are honest questions that are often asked through tears. Our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, answers them as we continue our journey through the New Testament book of Hebrews. So join us this week on Through the Bible as we hear about the seven reasons that God allows us to suffer and four responses that we can have to our suffering. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. If you're a homeowner, I've got great news that could save you money. In response to rising home prices, federal housing officials have stepped in to help make mortgages more affordable. Here's how. Some mortgage loans with specific maximum amounts are backed by government agencies, and those borrowers receive lower interest rates because the government insures them. But now the government is expanding the limits of these types of loans by 10% or higher. So what does that mean for you? It means a lot of people with mortgages will now qualify for lower interest rates because of this government expansion, and they don't even know it. So how do you know if you qualify? Easy. Just speak with one of our loan agents and ask if your mortgage now qualifies for a lower interest rate because of expanding loan limits. For a free quote, visit CashCallMortgage.com or call 800-457-6947. That's 800-457-6947. 800-457-6947. Here is some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance, and it's worked beautifully for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, and over the years, members have shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills, so they could help share your needs too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. You're not stuck with a high-cost health plan. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. Here's the number to find out more, and there's no pressure. They are super easy to talk to. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 grade open house tonight at 6.30 p.m. I'm Principal April Eisman. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, snapology, and space. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At jubileecs.org. I've traveled every road in this here land. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, Tim Muldoon is with us. Tim is uh, intentional. Ministry on the margins. How one man travels to marginalized communities around the U.S. regularly. He's a theologian, a professor, author of many books, including The Ignatian Workout and uh, The Discerning Parent, An Ignatian Guide to Raising Your Teen. Tim, welcome back to the show. How are you today? That's great to be here. I'm doing just great, thanks. Wonderful. All right, so tell us about your travels, Tim. Where are you going? Well, these days, uh, you know, I I talk a lot about the margins. Uh, These are the places that uh, sometimes are described as flyover country. Uh, Sometimes they're just plain old referred to as rural areas. I I tend to describe them as places that are far from airports, you know, so there's a lot of car travel. And we're talking about communities that are 
you know, struggling financially and, and, and very often left behind in national discourse about uh, what our country is doing and, and uh, you know, hopes and dreams. But there's something very rooted and sometimes quite literally rooted in the ground because they're agricultural communities uh, about these places that, um, you know, men and women, moms, dads, children are just trying to make a living, trying to uh, get by and and, uh, and do the best they can. So, um, you know, we're talking about the breadbasket of our country, we're talking about Appalachia, we're talking about the, the, the deep south, many, many parts of our country that are uh, easy to forget about if you just watch the news. Yeah. So, Tim, you go into these communities. Uh, is it just by yourself? Do you take a team with you? What is your hope? Well, I do take a team with me. I do a couple of things. Uh, first, uh, I work for an organization that is specifically uh, oriented towards serving communities on the margin. So it's called Catholic Extension. It is a Catholic organization. But um, what I'm trying to do is connect those who are in urban areas, those who are in more well-resourced parts of the country, to learn about these communities on the margins. And, and very often what I find is, you know, they, they're inspired by stories that they hear there, and, you know, they want to reach out. They want to, let's say, help after a hurricane plows through the Florida panhandle, or they want to reach out to a, a, a largely agricultural community that just wants to build a new church, but, you know, their, their weekly collection is, you know, 150 bucks, and there's no way they'll do it without support from uh, people in other parts of the country. So it's a lot about drawing connections and, and really reminding people that uh, the body of Christ is, is, uh, is in places that we don't often think about, but, uh, you know, in some way have a call on us and on our imagination. So if our imagination, Tim, is shaped by what we see on TV or on the Internet, you'd think that America was basically New York, L.A., some Chicago, and that's it. But the majority of the country isn't that, and that's what you're seeing. So tell us what we're missing and what we need to know. Sure. Well, let me just give you uh, one kind of statistic, and I won't drill down into numbers too much, but the, the area that, that I tend to work in and that my organization tends to work in constitutes about three-quarters of the United States geographically, okay? So if you just think of a map of the U.S., and, you know, you think about where those population centers are, you're exactly right. You know, they're going to be on the East Coast. And, you know, full disclosure, I live in Boston, so I'm in that part of the country. Uh, but, sure. you know, you think about D.C., you think about New York, you think about L.A., those are on the edges of the continent. But there's this massive area in the middle of the country, and, and again, it's kind of uh, referred to sometimes negatively as flyover country because, you know, people flying from New York to L.A. Sure. just don't see it. But it's three-quarters of the country. Um, and, and the other statistic is that it really only constitutes about one-quarter of our population. You know, so obviously we're talking about places where people are a lot more spread out. You don't have the same population density that you have in the big cities. And I think that's another reason why it's easy to forget these folks, because, you know, the polls are going to be taken from, again, the population centers. Now, that said, we're still talking about millions and millions of people. And so uh, it's just, you know, I think important for us to remember that in those places, there's a great deal of history. There's a great deal of beauty and a lot of, a lot of families that are just trying to survive. Right. So then what does that look like, Tim? I mean, clearly, you know, you're a Christian organization. Your, your goal is, I'm sure, to bring Christ to people. Uh, how do you do that? And, you know, what, what does it build upon? Well, that's a great question. And the thing that, that I tend to start with is 
that in some ways, it's not that we're bringing Christ to people, it's that we're seeing Christ already there, very active in those people, and we get inspired by visiting those communities. You know, so I mentioned that you know, this organization is in some ways uh, about connecting congregations in different parts of the country. So you know, in some ways, we're a, a mission society. In fact, that's our history. I mean, we, we were founded over a century ago, and, and, and so in that respect, it was founded with the idea that, yes, of course, the gospel needs to be preached in all lands and all people, and we want you know, that great message to, to get through. But, you know, even in, in this 21st century, you know, I mean, everybody's online, even in, in these, you know, rural areas. So there's some amazing, you know, faith that I see. Uh, I'll just give you one concrete example. I just uh, recently traveled to southeast Arkansas, and I was there for the dedication of a brand new church. This was a community that saw a farmer's co-op. So picture, you know, a place where they traded livestock and, you know, worked on tractors and things like that. And they said, hey, this could be a great location for a new church. And so they actually did uh, buy the property after, you know, saving and saving for years and years. They, they bought the property. And, you know, because of the work that we did to connect them with, with people on, uh, in other parts of the country, you know, they raised money and they built this church inside a warehouse, you know, so from the outside, it just looks like a warehouse, but you go inside and it's this beautiful sanctuary where, where this community now worships. So just a great story. And we see that kind of thing over and over again. Tim Muldoon is with us. He's a theologian, a professor, author of many books, including The Ignatian Workout, and with Sue Muldoon, The Discerning Parent, An Ignatian Guide to Raising Your Teen. So let's go back to um, a couple minutes ago in our conversation when I was talking about what we see online and what we see on TV being a representative of the big urban centers in America. And you said that, you know, most of the country is different than that and people are more spread out. It's only one quarter of the population that lives in flyover country. But what are the things that concern those people? Um, what are their day-to-day worries? And are they different from those of us that live in major metropolitan areas? Yeah, they're I'm not, sure they are, honestly. Right? Yeah, I mean, in, in many ways, it's, you know, how do you pay the bills? You know, can, can you get a good job? Can you raise your kids? Can they go to good schools? Um, now, one, one factor that's worth remembering is that uh, uh, a lot of the populations that, that I travel to also have large Spanish-speaking populations, particularly in the areas of the Southwest and in Texas and, and even in the Deep South. So looking at you know, patterns of migration and, and even patterns of folks that have lived in these areas for decades – uh, you know, many of the and, and by the way, we're we're not talking about illegal immigrants. We're talking about you know people that have raised their families here. So you know they're going to have some unique concerns about culture and language and things like that. But but at base, I find that that really so much of it is about just how can we be good members of society? How can we contribute to uh, our community? How can we raise our children? And, and all the things that, that, you know, moms and dads all over the country can really resonate with. And that's why, honestly, it, it's easy to tell that story because people can identify with those struggles. Yeah. Tim, do you think politics are more or less important to people in flyover country than urban cities? Well, they're impacted differently. I think they're just as important. Um, but, uh, you know, just, just to use a, a different example, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned the Spanish speaking population, you know, they, they, they've become part of a national discourse um, and, and a lot of strident language on, on both sides. And, and part of what I'm seeing when I, when I go to these communities and when I'm talking with these folks is, you know, they're the last ones that, that want to be in the middle of a, of a political firestorm. Okay. You know, they, they, they certainly um, understand that, um, you know, immigration is an issue. And, and as I said, many of them 
have lived here even for generations. And so it, it, it's not that they're, um, you know, they're lawbreakers or anything like that, but they certainly have a perspective on what it's like to feel a little bit on the outside and, and, and like the national discourse doesn't really understand the stories that they tell. So, you know, from my perspective as, you know, somebody that's visiting, part of what I want to do is just listen to the story and, and understand something that's maybe different from what I might get from a pundit, you know, writing in New York. That's say. bad. Uh, a few months back, we had a guest on our show, Tim. His name is uh, Chris Arnotti, and he wrote a book called Dignity. And it's a fabulous book. I mean, highly recommended for anybody who would like to see what you're talking about, essentially flyover country. And he, and he spent more than a year driving around the country. And what he found was, eventually, that for him to sort of meet people, uh, he would go into the local McDonald's. And he'd sit down and just wait. And eventually, people would come to him or he'd have a conversation. And he saw the dignity inherent in all these people one way or another. Now, this guy is not Chris Arnotti, not a believer. But he wrote deeply moving uh, essays, uh, as the book goes on, about these people. Yeah, beautiful photographs. I mean, really, uh, dignity, Chris Arnotti. I mean, and you see that and you think, I mean, that's that's us. I mean, what the heck? But the only reason he met those people is because he went there. He was intentional. Right. So, Tim, that's the same thing you're thinking of, right, is that you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. I I, uh, I I read a selection of that book, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I was very moved by by the perspective that he took, and and I guess I would just echo that basic insight. You've got to hear stories. They're so much more interesting and complex and beautiful than you'll get with you know uh, something you see uh, just scrolling through Facebook or something like that. Um, let me use one specific anecdote. Same kind of story. We have uh, a number of religious women who are serving in these communities. And in one place, and this, by the way, was in um, near Kalamazoo, which which is a uh, heavily agricultural area, a lot of migrant farmers in that region. They went to the Walmart, you know, same idea, because you got to go where people get their basic needs met, you know. And and, and Walmart is it, you know. They're they're doing their shopping there. They'll they'll you know get the things that they need. And so they would literally minister to people, just listen to their stories. You know, what, what do you need? What, what's your life like? Where are you living? Do you have what you need? You know, those, those kinds of things. Because people who live on the margins very often also feel so self-conscious about, you know, we don't fit here or we're, you know, we're, we're, we're hated or, you know, they're so nervous to sometimes even leave their homes. So, you know, going to the McDonald's, going to the, to the Walmart, or even another one, another story of a woman who followed a chicken tractor to find where this community lived, and they were agricultural workers, but she literally had to follow the tractor to find out where they were, and, and she drew them eventually into parish life, and, and it just helped them to flourish and grow knowing that they were part of a larger community. So people love Jesus no matter what, right? I mean, you know, you're just going out to hear these stories, and it doesn't matter if you're living on Park Avenue or if you're living somewhere at P.O. Box 423 in Arkansas, Texas, right? P- people want to know Jesus. And I certainly appreciate, Tim, you going there and, and, you know, helping to see these stories and to talk to us about it. Yeah, and, and you're certainly right. I mean, um, you know, behold, I make all things new. I mean, there's, there's again, there's so much great beauty and depth. Uh, if, if we're willing to open our eyes and, and see those stories and, and listen to their struggles, we'll find that they're a heck of a lot like us who live in bigger cities. Fabulous. Well, Tim, we always appreciate hearing from you. I think it's terrific what you're doing. I think it's something that we absolutely need to hear, especially with the deluge of media that we have. We need to hear the other perspective. So thanks. I appreciate it. God bless you both. And you as well. Tim Muldoon, theologian, professor, author of many books, including The Nation Workout. 
Stick around. we got lots more ahead. We're just getting off uh, off the ground here. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy on Word FM, WPIT Radio. I've been everywhere. I've been to Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana, Washington, Houston, Kingston, Texas, down to Monterey, Faraday, Santa Fe, Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. If you're like most people, then saving money in 2020 is on your New Year's resolution list. At Cash Call Mortgage, that's one resolution we can help you achieve. Right now, we're offering an incredibly low 2.875%, 3.076% APR, 15-year fixed loan. So if you have a mortgage interest rate of 2.99% or greater, call us and see how much you can save on your current mortgage payment. We can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit. If you qualify, we'll even pay your closing cost. At Cash Call Mortgage, our New Year's resolution is to help folks save money and have a happier financial new year. For a free quote to see if you qualify, visit CashCallMortgage.com or call us at 800-990-6947. That's 800-990-6947. 800-990-6947. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. Upwork has the largest network of independent professionals, like developers, designers, data scientists, you name it. And they're proven, rated, and reviewed. So when you need in-demand talent, on-demand. Upwork is how. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at ccaschool.com. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Mainly cloudy with some rain or snow showers, tides low 35. Cloudy, windy and cold with a flurry for Thursday, high 36. Thursday night and evening snow shower, otherwise clouds low 20. Friday, sunshine and some clouds, high 31. Saturday, snow and ice up to an inch accumulating, then changing to rain, high Saturday 42. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. 
When's the last time you were on an airplane? Uh, just a couple months ago. Okay. Did you fly uh, Delta or American? Uh, I flew United last time. All right. Well, so today in the Wall Street Journal, there was an analysis of the best and worst U.S. airlines of 2019. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, here's the deal. Uh, across- Careers are being... Broken, even as we speak. Flight cancellations increased last year. So did long delays, bumped ticketing passengers, and consumer complaints. Overall, 2019 was a frustrating year for many U.S. travelers, but the travel pain was not evenly distributed. Now, Delta... Delta Airlines excelled and finished at the top of the middle seat scoreboard for the third year in a row. At the bottom of the ranking, American, for the third year in the past five. These two airlines were on different flight paths. Now, here's the difference. Uh, Delta averaged only 36 flight cancellations a day. American, 159. Oh, wow. In mishandled baggage, Delta averaged 1,300 late or lost bags each day. American mishandled more than twice as many. Delta involuntarily bumped a total of nine passengers from its flights over the most recent 12-month period, which is crazy. And American bumped 15,000. <laughs> what? Nine to 15,000. So in order upwards, these are the best airlines to travel, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, number nine is American. Number eight is United. Number seven is Frontier. Number six is JetBlue. Number five is Spirit. Number four is Allegiant. Okay. Number um, three is Southwest. Number two is Alaska. And number one, as I said, Delta Airlines. Well, the sad thing is that I'm taking an extremely long flight in a few weeks that will be with American. Oh, well, then don't get bumped and don't lose your luggage. Right, that's the that's the catch-all. You know what? I decided I'm doing carry-on only. Oh, that's good. I'm not doing the check thing. Yeah, I'm just not doing that's it. That's very smart. I'm not of you. doing it. All right. Um, so, as we're ranking things, how about this? Let's talk about the um, the best the 2020 best countries in the world. How about that? Best countries. Okay. Yeah. Well, in what way? Here's like weird the most scenic or the best food or what? Oh, so um, behind a country's wealth and success are policies that create possibilities, the people that drive the effort and the history that shapes the environment and perspectives. Now, uh, this is from U.S. News & World Report. Globalization, they say, has expanded a country's presence beyond its physical borders. And the best countries ranking in the fifth year, this is, seek to examine a nation's worth beyond hard metrics. The best 2020 country rankings and reportings are based on how global perceptions define countries in terms of a number of quantitative characteristics, impressions that have the potential to drive trade, right? Um, investments that directly affect the national economies. Okay, so the way that other people are going to look at your country. Right. Okay. How These does, are the countries that are doing the best. Exactly. So They um, project well. Yes. The people look at that country and go, that they are doing very, very well. Okay. Number 10? Yeah. Norway. Okay. Very nice. Number nine. Very cold. Yes. The Netherlands. Yes. Okay. I was there. It was very nice. Number eight. You know what I liked about the Netherlands? Hmm. The people are jolly. Jolly. I think it has something to do with the language, which when you listen to someone speak Dutch, it's a little sing-songy. Oh, really? And it sounds a little silly. Huh. Like a little sweet. You found them to be jolly. I found them to be jolly. That's interesting. Okay, how about uh, number um, eight is um, Sweden. Oh, all right. Sweden. Now, I, I I wouldn't think Sweden would present all that well. Yeah. I mean, it's 
Well, well, look, it's dark it, there a lot of the time. It's not known for its great cuisine. They're driving Volvos. Good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, USA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number so six. So we're, we're projecting well. Well, uh, around the world, yeah. There, although there are many, I think this is surprising because the U- U.S. is number seven. The U.K. is number six. Huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the U- U.K. is projecting better than us. Yeah, I be don't think so. Look at Brexit. Look at all that. Uh, number five, this has got to be you know, uh, changing from recent news. Number five is Australia. Oh. Poor, poor Australia. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Number four, you would agree with this, Germany. Oh, you want to talk about a place that projects well. Mm-hmm. You walk in and you think you've landed in... A fairy tale. The place is clean. Oh my gosh! It, it has like the greatest showers in the world. Really, the you Germans. will never, ever anywhere you travel have better showers what than makes if them you're so in great? Germany. The engineering of them, apparently, really? because I was in everything from a very nice hotel to a bot like a twenty dollar a night youth hostel. Yeah, and good showers. The showers are outstanding. Really? That'd be like their new their new country logo, Germany. Come shower with us. <laughs> Telling you, right? It's a dream come true. Number three, uh, Japan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number two, Canada. Mm-hmm. See, they're always trying to show us up, but number they have two. so many fewer people up yep. there. And the number one country projected, uh, Switzerland. Well, look at what it has to offer. Yeah, it's got very nice. I mean, wouldn't you love... Were you in Switzerland when you were in Europe? I was not, no. However, when I traveled, I met two guys from Switzerland, Clint and Martin, and uh, they were wonderful guys. They would come and visit me occasionally in New York City. Oh, are they the ones that would bring you a car every year? Yes, they would. I mean, a junker. Right. Not like a nice car. They'd fly into Chicago, buy a junker car, and then make a counterclockwise circle around the United States until they showed up at my apartment in New York City, and they'd go, John, here's your car. I'll be like, Clint, Martin, I I don't need this car. I'm in New York City. So then I had to like, you know, go and junk the car for them. Never had any papers. Never. So they were independently wealthy. Uh, They were sons of bankers. Oh yeah, right. That's why they're. So they've seen more of the United States than you Uh, and I and Mike have have, put together. Multiple years. Yeah. That's sad. All right. Well, so while we're ranking countries, Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to look at things a little differently coming up next. We're going to talk about the fifty most difficult countries to live in if you are a Christian. Oh, that's worse. Okay, the 50 worst countries to be a Christian in the world. Stick around for that. Fly with me. Let's fly, let's fly. Pack up, let's fly away. WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Are Christians immune to temptation? All people everywhere meet temptations. Don't think that you've come to the place where no longer you're going to be tempted. The Bible says, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Hear Adrian Rogers, a guide to practical Christian living, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Mattress manufacturers often add bogus features such as copper, cooling gel, and even diamond dust, which had no real benefit to the consumer but increased the price of the mattress. At the Original Mattress Factory, we stick to what works. Hand-built mattresses and box springs built with the highest quality American materials. 
We don't add features that don't have direct benefits, but we do offer an excellent quality product at a great value every day. That's what we mean when we say great beds, no bull. Stop by an original mattress factory location today to see what the OMF difference is all about. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion. Like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... Doug. Limu, when we're not telling people that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need, I've actually been moonlighting as a DJ. Check it! Here's the good part! Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. New message. Your social security number has been suspended. If you do not contact us, your account will be deactivated. Scammers are aggressive when they contact a potential victim. Social Security Administration employees will never threaten you for information or promise benefits in exchange for information. In those cases, the call is fraudulent and you should just hang up. Don't provide any personal or financial information to these thieves. Call the Social Security Fraud Hotline at 1-800-269-0271. Around the world, more than 260 million Christians live in places where they experience high levels of persecution just for following Jesus. That is one in eight believers worldwide. To talk to us about that is David Curry. David is the Open Doors president, the CEO. Today, the 50 worst countries for Christian persecution was released. And David, thanks for being with us. We always appreciate uh, the information and the advocacy you do for persecuted Christians around the world. It's a pleasure to talk to you and your and your audience there. There's an ongoing conversation in America, as you know, about the declining emphasis or the declining impact, I guess is a better word, that the church has on American society. And some people are calling this persecution. But of course, the only reason we would call this persecution, I'm guessing, is because we have no idea what believers experience in other cultures. Yes, I mean, certainly you could see the church and Christian values are being marginalized here in the United States and really around the West. But you're right, in comparison to what we're measuring in countries or in the Middle East, in Southeast Asia, where Christians are you know, facing very serious oppression and even some losing their lives, uh, it doesn't quite compare. But we can learn from them uh, in their faith walk when they're counting the cost, and sometimes that cost is exceptionally high of their faith. I think we can learn a lot from them. Certainly, I'm inspired by them. And of course, we can help them, support them, and speak on their behalf as well. So David, when you compile your list of 50 worst places for Christians worldwide, there, there has to be a common thread that runs through the majority of them. Is that true? Well, every situation's a little different, but you're right. We're measuring across a few uh, a few spheres of life, the national life, private life, family life, so that we can see how they do compare. Let, let me give you an example. You. If you're in Saudi Arabia, you have a culture there 
and and a religious system which does not allow the expression of Christian faith. So there's no violence against churches because there are no churches. But within the family sphere of life, there's this incredible pressure. That's different from, say, in Nigeria, where there's a lot of Christians in Nigeria, but in the north, you have more people being killed for their faith from Islamic extremists than anywhere else, essentially, except for perhaps North Korea. And we don't have great data on how many people are losing their life for their faith in North Korea. I see. So uh, that thread, that I, I, and I've, I've traveled, I'm sure, not nearly as much as you have, but around the world, whether I've been in um, uh, Nigeria or uh, Ethiopia, you, you often see Islamic oppression. And, you know, not to denigrate all people of the Muslim faith, but, but that is a fact, is it not? It is a fact. I mean, it's it's a small percentage of, of everybody who studies Islam, but it's a significant force, and you see it all over the world watch list, places like Somalia, Afghanistan, but even in other countries which have greater freedoms and, and more stability, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Nigeria, which is that can be a very prosperous country, but in the north, you have 12 Sharia law states, extremists are, are calling the shots, so to speak, through violence and intimidation. So you have all kinds of that around uh, our data. It's, it's very significant. It's one of the main drivers and has been for about seven, eight, nine years now. Hmm. Uh, David, talk to us about um, what daily life is like. You can pick a country uh, where it's difficult to be a Christian, but when we think of persecution, I mean, we're thinking of different things. You brought up the fact that in Syria you just don't see Christian churches. What else would persecution look like? Yeah, and forgive me, if I said Syria, I meant Saudi Arabia. In Syria, though, let's talk about that, because there you have a country that has seen civil war, upheaval. There's been a battle between a regime that's not admirable, the Assad regime, and ISIS. So ISIS was battling it out, and guess who was caught in the middle? It was Christian communities. Hmm. And now in the last six months, you had these Christian communities which had been driven up into a safe zone along the Turkish border and finally felt like they had some safety because the civil war was beginning to die down. And then Turkey and, and is empowering militias to attack these Christian churches in the last six months. So for those people day to day, it's the uncertainty about whether they go to church, they'll be attacked, or whether militias are going to come and try to to assault their, their, their daughters and their wives, these kinds of things is really tense for them. But their faith of the church in, in Syria, I think, has grown deeper. It used to be that there wasn't a lot of persecution in Syria, but the church was also quite shallow, very uh, much a historic church, but not a vibrant church. And now it's both historic and vibrant, and, the, and you can see great things happening in the midst of the pain. David Curry is with us. He's the president and the CEO of Open Doors USA, talking to us today about the release of the 50 worst countries for Christian persecutions. It's a report that was, I said, just released today. David, um, I've been fortunate to be in China. Uh, I've seen people uh, having Bibles taken from them, thrown in trash cans. Uh, I've I've, uh, worshipped in uh, house churches in the middle of the night. Uh, China is very vocal and uh, very reactionary towards Christians, and I feel as though, just from my reading, that it's ramped up tremendously so in the last several years. Can you speak about Chinese Christians? You you nailed it, because 
Yeah, I was there three and a half years ago, and it, the pressure was significant. Obviously, the president there, President Xi, has a communist agenda to roll back some of the state as God uh, rules of the Soviet system, and he's doing that. But even in the three and a half years since I last been there, I was shocked at the surveillance inside the church, invasive, the state and the Communist Party monitoring the congregations, shutting down house churches, over 5,500 house churches shut down because of the, their refusal to to allow surveillance of their congregations and to, to kowtow to the communist um, ideology. They want to have put Christian theology uh, separate from the, the government system, and for that reason they're shut down. Many of the pastors arrested. We think China, although it's only number 23, it's jumped from uh, from the 40s just two years ago. But here's the big issue. This surveillance is being cross-referenced with a credit system so that Christian behavior is now being tracked with big data, right. artificial intelligence, and they're scoring. Whether you take your kids to school, that's a deduction on your social credit. You, you may lose your job. Your kids may not be able to go to the school they want. It's a big big question mark as to how nefarious this could get in the future. I mean, that's scary. So that's kind of like Big Brother breathing yeah. down the neck of believers. And it's not a, imagination. This is happening to Muslim minority groups in the northwest part of China. They're putting them in concentration camps. There's a million of them. This has been well documented in the New York Times, Los Angeles Times. The, this is happening to these Muslim groups, and they're attacking any faith that will not uh, fit into their communist system. Now, we have to speak out for religious expression for all people and understand that we're talking about 100 million Christians who are in the crosshairs of this, and it's going to be different than what you've seen up there. They're putting a million Muslims, uh, and these aren't terrorists, by the way. These are professors and people who have jobs and so forth in these labor camps. They can't do that to 100 million Christians, but they will make their life very difficult. That's why they're arresting these pastors that won't go along with their schemes. And um, I think this is the greatest threat to religious uh, faith, to faith, religious expression or faith in Jesus in the future because they're selling these systems to Iran, to Egypt, and other countries. Right. So you're saying it's just, this is kind of a new frontier we haven't seen before, is the mix of authoritarian government with high-tech surveillance. You got it. And I, I realize everybody's struggling with whether or not they want to put a, an Amazon uh, device in their house that they can talk to, whatever that's called, Alexa or Siri. Okay, so we, we're getting used to and having to struggle with the surveillance we submit to and volunteer for. But imagine a system where when you go to church, walk around, go to Bible study, it's not Amazon, it's not Apple, that would be bad enough, but the Communist Party is watching you, scoring you, and they have the capacity with artificial intelligence. They just put in the assumptions. The assumption, church, going to church is bad, put, sending your kids to Sunday school is not a good thing, and they just run the numbers and find out this Christian is a problem. Wow. That's and we're chilling. not going to let them travel. I mean, seriously, that is so chilling. And to think that the, the technology is in place, that they're maybe, maybe uh, selling these at a profit, so then they'll go worldwide for the persecution of Christians. In many ways, it makes things easier for people who want to oppress believers. 
that's what we're saying. And this is why we do are drawing the attention of this to the State Department. They were at a report today. The White House is aware of it. I think this is going to be something that and when you talk about phase two and further discussions with China behind closed doors, this is something that needs to be addressed. I see. So can there be, David, I'm, you know, the, the advocacy that Open Doors USA does – uh, certainly uh, mighty, but also against these uh, despotic regimes and uh, dictatorial uh, uh, horror, it's hard to battle something like this. What kind of hope that you c- can you offer? Well, here's, here's some hope. It doesn't matter where I go and who I'm meeting with. I meet with North Korean believers, Somali believers. Wherever I go, people are getting together in small groups, maybe because they're forced to, uh, meet in small groups, but when they're talking about Jesus, it is a beautiful thing, and you're seeing peace and joy, good citizens. I mean, so that's the joy. The joy of it all is to see that it, the, the faith in Jesus uh, it, it works everywhere you, you call out his name. So, I mean, that's the benefit of what we're talking about. We have to keep it real that these this is a movement that um, is seeking to marginalize at a minimum, marginalized Christianity and its influence into every sphere of life, but in the most difficult cases, trying to stamp it out. But the, the, Jesus is going to do fine wherever he's talked about. I, I have no fear of that. But I realize that people are going to have to go back to this, this biblical idea that you're going to have to count the cost. And in some places, the cost may be your life or your family or your livelihood. David Curry, Open Doors President and CEO. David, thank you for being with us today. Thank you both. Our great pleasure. The World Watch List for Persecuted Christians. You can find it today online from Open Doors USA. Baby, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. Brr, isn't it chilly? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, snuggling up to a nice warm bowl of homemade soup. Winter on our farm means my brother Sam and his guys are trying to stay warm as they feed all the groups of cows, calves, and heifers out in the elements, milk the 100-cow herd twice a day, and handle all that comes with a working dairy farm, no matter what the weather is. Winter at the Springhouse store means a little slower pace, so it's a great time for our cooks to try out new main dishes, new sides, and new soup recipes like the one I'm enjoying, vegetarian chili. The bakers are even getting in on the act and trying new desserts too, like chocolate chili. Cherry Cordial. Stop by for lunch or supper and see what new creations they've come up with today. Good old-fashioned cooking featuring all-natural farm-fresh ingredients and lots of TLC. The Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple 
cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free, by calling 800-391-0954 and use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code WORD. Wendy's has been showing everyone how to do fast food right for 50 years. And now they're showing them how two-for-fives are done with Wendy's two-for-five. It's the only one where you can get Wendy's fresh, never-frozen beef and that Wendy's spicy chicken you crave. Pick two for five bucks. Choose between the Juicy Dave Single, the Tasty Spicy Chicken Sandwich, 10-Piece Crispy, or Spicy Nuggets. Come in today and taste how a real two-for-five is done. Only at Wendy's. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Price and participation may vary for a limited time only. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org. I uh, turned on Facebook this morning, and I, I got this. You turned on Facebook. Well, you know, I didn't know you could turn on you know, Facebook. You opened it up. Opened mean? it up. I scrolled it up, and uh, it, got, it sent me a reminder of our bird. That uh, this was the first photo of the bird. So when my kid, my youngest boy, was thirteen. He he lobbied super hard and strong. Please, 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 may I have a parrot? He was even like talking to me about it. Yeah, saying, "Can't you talk my dad into it?" Right. So it was Christmas time six years ago, and like the softy that I am, I acquiesced. We've had this bird for six years. Now, this kid's 19. He barely pays it any mind. Barely. And parrots live, I don't know. It's a parrot? It's a, yeah. It's a green-cheeked conure. Okay. Yeah. So this parrot's going to live a while. He'll probably outlive me. Because he's going to be living with you, though, right? He is living with me, because my kid's going to go away to you know college. Anyway, so I take care of it, basically. I make my kid clean it, clean up after it. But, you know, I, when I leave in the morning, there's no one home, and I'll go to Alexa. Alexa, play classical um, music. And the bird will go, Bird! knowing full well that throughout the day, there'll be classical music playing oh, wait, for the bird. Okay, let's back up for a minute. You're saying that when you leave the house in the morning, yeah. you ask Alexa, yeah. your electronic spy organization that yes. you have allowed into your house, have, yes. to, you ask Alexa to play classical music for your bird yes. while you're gone. Exactly. Hey, Pippi. Mm-hmm. Pippi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel as though I'm, I'm helping it. I'm doing something kind. Do you feel kind. as if? Yeah, I think it's, you know, entertaining the bird and re- relieving sort of the loneliness of the long hours where otherwise he'd be sitting alone with my, with my dog. Now, my dog probably doesn't care. I think the bird does care, though. Because the bird is tweeting when you, when you ask Alexa to do it. Yeah. He, he recognizes what's about to happen, and I think it makes him happy. Well, that's good. I mean, more power to you. I, I have her. I had a problem with an anxious cat at one point. And? I did read online that cats respond well if you leave a talk show on, a talk like show. a radio, okay. where they hear people's voices. Okay, good. So music, not as much. Apparently, they like the sound of human voices. So I did it. Nice. 
Okay, so I bring this up because I saw uh, today uh, in uh, Reuters, the headline is Spotify launches playlists playlists for dogs left home alone. So Spotify has a podcast for dogs to listen to their owner's absence. Are they songs about dogs? Uh, They are not. They are, you know, dog praises, dog, somehow, you know, the the algorithms at Spotify have chosen a select group of songs that are apparently dog friendly. Pleasing to their dog research group. How much is that doggy in the window? Something like that, right? But we think that's funny, but a dog might not think that's funny. A dog might think, what a stupid song. Well, here's the deal. Spotify says that one in four pet owners play music for their pets to listen. One in four? Yep. All right, you have good company. Yeah. What about talk shows? Anybody saying anything about that for their anxious cats? No, there's nothing in here. No, this is about Spotify. Who are using the litter box incorrectly? Anything about (laughs) those people? No, no. See, we're on an island. No. You know, just taking care of business. Helping your pet relieve that anxiety in those long hours of absence. Thank you, Spotify. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The U.S. House has voted to send two articles of impeachment against President Trump to the Senate. The House also approving the chamber's prosecutors. The U.S. and China have signed what's being called a first phase trade agreement aimed at lowering tensions in the long-running dispute between the world's two biggest economies. The deal was signed at the White House by President Trump and the Chinese vice premier. It's expected to boost exports from U.S. farmers and manufacturers and protect American trade secrets. In Hawaii, three people in custody after military officials say they found a live mortar round in their vehicle at the gate of Pearl Harbor military base. Stocks ending a wobbly day. With modest gains, but they were enough to send the Dow to its first close above 29,000 points. The Dow picked up 90 points today, closing at 29,030. The Nasdaq was up 7 and the S&P picked up 6. This is SRN News. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323, 800-494-2323, or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Whether looking for a restaurant for dinner reservations or shopping for a major purchase, online reviews are a big part of the research consumers consider before making a decision. Unfortunately, many mattress review sites are paid by mattress companies to recommend their products, which makes it hard to trust the reviews. At the Original Mattress Factory, we do things differently. We value transparency and honesty, and we don't pay for reviews or mislead our customers. Read reviews from our actual customers at OriginalMattress.com. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that selecting your new mattress is a decision that's too important to rush. 
You should only purchase a mattress when you're ready and you are assured you got the best value. That's why we offer our lowest and best price to everyone every day. You don't have to wait for a holiday weekend, haggle with a sales associate, or face the pressure of a today-only sale. You can take your time and make a choice that is right for you, knowing that you'll always get our best price. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 grade open house tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, Snapology, and Spanish. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At jubileecs.org. When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day. The man, the yellow man. This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. Mainly cloudy with some rain or snow showers. Tonight's low 35. Cloudy, windy, and cold with a flurry for Thursday. High, 36. Thursday night and evening snow shower, otherwise clouds, low 20. Friday, sunshine and some clouds, high 31. Saturday, snow and ice up to an inch accumulating, then changing to rain. High Saturday, 42. With Iraqi Weather Forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings from uh, Sick Bay. Both Kath and I are uh, uh, engaged in some sort of inward struggle. I feel with so sick. Some crud. Yeah, you and I. Man. I mean, oh, it's, it seems like the same thing, only you are coughing. Yeah. And I just am sneezing right. and blowing my nose like it's my whole job. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst, isn't it? Uh, what in the world? I mean, I, I do know this. It is not the flu. No, it is not the flu because I got no chills, fever, right. no, none of that. Yeah. So, but anyway, we are kind of under the weather here for the 5 o'clock and hour. And I think just slightly grumpy. A little bit. I was grumpy today. Yeah. Mike's in there shaking his head. Uh, yeah. We didn't ask you what you thought, Mike. No, I was. I was. Oh. When you're sick. It's hard. Don't you want to be left alone? Yeah. Just leave me alone in my misery. Yeah, and you guys are like right there. Yeah. All the dying Everyone's time. Everyone's walking around. Hey, hey, hey. I'm like, please. Last die. night was a big night on TV. Sorry to interrupt your oh, my snoring misery. or whatever Wait, you were anyway, doing. Wait, anyway, getting back to me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there was a ton of stuff to watch on TV last night. Yep. Uh, Sid was back. Oh, It was his Sid triumphant was return back. after being gone for 20-some games. I don't know what it was. November 9th, he, Could he left. Could it have been any more dominating? Oh. Was it? I just... I. You watch it and you think, we are so lucky we sure that we get to live here mm-hmm. and watch him play. He's the oh maestro, my isn't he? Gosh. He truly is the maestro. It's fabulous. Was the final score 7 2 or 6 2? 7. It's okay. It was a Or was it 3? 7 3. Oh, I don't know. It was 7. <laughs> Listen to us. We're sick. I just cared about the 7 part. Yeah, yeah. We won. We know matter. that. Oh, it was so terrific. Sure was. Okay, how so. About, how about the behind the net? When oh he like gosh. off his skate and then off the net and the board and then perfect. It was just, just 
Glorious, he made so the glorious. guy look like it was. It wasn't that in the shame. It was. I I watched it at least like five times last night, laughing hysterically because it was humiliation. He made that yeah. guy look so bad. That's a shame. I mean, yeah, you've got to you've got to be quaking in your boots a little. You bit. You have to be. Right? You, know you have that, to be. How about Malkin? The, oh. His blind pass. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. Wasn't it? It was such a terrific game. Anyway, so there was that to watch. Mm-hmm. I watched Pitt basketball because Pitt was playing Louisville last night. And they I, almost I, pulled it out. Listen, I am such a supporter of Pitt basketball, and they are going to kill me. Yeah. I just... It's like they Pitt were ahead, They were ahead by seven. Yeah. I think with two left. Uh-huh. I just... I, and it was such a horrible call. They just got so ripped off at the end. But yeah. I just... They go so cold in the last couple of minutes. It's mm-hmm. just painful to watch. You can feel good about the whole game. And as you're getting close to the end, you're thinking... Here it comes. It's, it's all going to stop. Everything and, good's going to stop. And you're never disappointed because oh, you know what happens. It falls off. Okay, so uh, the Pens, Pitt basketball. Uh, I was watching a little bit of um, Jeopardy. Oh, the, Ken Jennings. Tournament of Champions. Ken Jennings is the all-time Jeopardy GOAT. Which was fabulous. The, the uh, tournament of champions. What James Holzer and uh, I don't know the other guy's name. He was kind. Of, anyway, these three guys they battled it out. Ken Jennings crushed. He crushed. So he won a million dollars. Other two guys really? won two fifty. You know, I haven't watched Jeopardy oh. in about I don't know how decades. I used to watch it every night. Yeah, it's a great show. Sure I just is. never. I. You know, it's when we're just getting home from work. Exactly. It's not a good time for no, us. No, no, but yeah. Wow, that's terrific. Yeah. So, did you see him win? Like the end when did, yeah. the balloons come down. And he or got something? a little, yeah, he got a little. Uh, he got a cheesy trophy, which is the, I think of anything about the whole event, the trophy's cheesiness was the worst. I was hoping to like to have like a bust of Alex Trebek or right. like a giant question mark or something like that. It was just kind of meh. Okay, well here's something funny. Mm. I knew that the Jeopardy thing had happened last night when I opened the news today. Yeah. I think I was on the Wall Street Journal's website. Yeah, and there was a, a full color photograph of. Last night's Democratic debate, which was also aired. (laughs) And listen to me when I tell you, it was Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, and Bernie Sanders. And it looked like they were playing Jeopardy. (laughs) It was the same color. It was like all the blue. They had these little screens in front of them like it was final Jeopardy. I mean... Yeah, but believe me, that Jeopardy game was much more informative and entertaining than the Democrat. Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch it. I did. And? It was horrific. Really. I mean, seriously. I mean... There was nothing. I cannot believe the Democrats have done all this, you know, sort of. They've wasted. Crushing. They've wasted three years trying to get at Trump. And now they don't have anybody. No. Their narrative is like hollow. They've spent, like you said, all these years just crushing on the president, crushing. And they're empty. There's nothing nothing. there. So who's it going to be? Joe Biden? Joe Biden is going to be, you know, will it be Joe Biden versus President Trump? Will it be Elizabeth Warren as the vice president, perhaps? People are saying that. Oh, can you imagine Elizabeth Warren agreeing, acquiescing to no. be the vice president no. to Bernie Sanders breathing or down. Joe Biden? No, breathing oh, down their necks. Gosh. It's not going to be Spartacus. No, it will not no, be Spartacus. Spar- <laughs> the Spartacus moment's over. Yeah, it is. Corey it was short-lived. Anyway, I mean, there's a, there was a lot to see last night on the tube if you were so inclined. So, are you glad you watched what you did? That's the question. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is what I did. I you know, am adverse to watching commercials. commercials during sporting events. Right, right. So I decided that because a, a basketball game is way shorter than a hockey game, that I watched the Pitt basketball game live. Okay. And then I recorded the Pens game and then watched it afterwards. Oh, did you though? I feel very good about my choice. That was pretty smart. It was a great I really game did. to record too. What'd yeah. you say? That was a great game to it record. It was, especially mm-hmm. since my husband had to go to bed early because he also has the same crud that we do. Right. He didn't get to see any of that fabulous stuff. Uh, I mean, it was check just, it out later. It was Four art on night. ice last night. Yeah. Anyway, 
I don't know. I, I don't want to be one of those guys who's tied to the tube. But quite honestly, there's so much to see. Right. Yeah. Especially right now. Last night was was an extraordinary night. Overload. And so was it over the weekend. There were so so many good sporting moments that happened over the weekend. Yeah. I know. How about the Kansas City game where they were down 28-0? Oh, that was fabulous. Wasn't it incredible? I mean, what? I know. Didn't the stadium run out of fireworks? Yes, they so ran out of fireworks because they're too they, many. Yeah, that's seven touchdowns. Too much scoring going on. Anyway, if right. you were a Houston Texan, how oh. much self-loathing would you be? You'd engaged be very, in? very sad, right? You would be. Okay, I'm going to sneeze. So let's take a break. <laughs> I am. <laughs> All right, coming up next, what do Bill Maher, Donald Miller, and John Piper have in common? Well, we'll talk to a guy who says that all three of them were used in his life by God. WORD. When it comes to our physical bodies, there are certain factors that provide clear warning signs if something is wrong. But how can we determine the health of a church body? Listen for the seven marks of an effective church this week on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life with Alistair Begg, tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm. phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting Dean just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds, Mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you gotta say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, Uh a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou! He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. With Salem Surround, I can really tie it back to I'm helping people. As a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround, you'll have the tools to provide media solutions that surround your client's target audience. This is a very rewarding career. 
career. Whenever you can show actual proof and say, hey, look, this is what we were able to do for you this month, to be able to show that, you realize that I'm helping people and I'm making a difference. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, an equal opportunity employer. Join the Pittsburgh team at salemsurround.com slash careers. Over the past decade, hundreds of broadcast ministries have multiplied their listenership through a partnership with OnePlace.com, the largest online Christian broadcast platform. Here's Greg Laurie. By partnering with OnePlace, we've been able to expand our online ministry in a way that complements our current web strategy for maximized outreach and impact. Steve Arterburn. Through our partnership with OnePlace, we've been able to grow our online ministry in ways that Well, we just never would have been able to do it otherwise. John MacArthur. This is a partnership we enjoy and for which we thank the Lord. Colin Smith. Our partnership with OnePlace.com has multiplied our ministry effectiveness. We're reaching new listeners every day. And Dr. David Jeremiah. Many of the new listeners we reach here each day through OnePlace are now faithful ministry supporters. Introduce your message to the largest online Christian audience on the web. Visit us today at OnePlaceRadio.com to learn how. That's OnePlaceRadio.com. Hey, thanks for being with us. Um, The Oscars are in trouble. The Oscars are in trouble? What do you mean? The Oscars are in trouble. Because when they came out with their nominations earlier in the week, there were no women that were nominated for Best Director. Oh, There were a few people of color that were nominated for I don't know what else. And so they're coming under fire for not being inclusive enough. All right, so Stephen King saw this, and Stephen King, the uh, the uh, writer, I guess it, it's fair enough to call him a horror. That's his genre, right? Yeah, I mean, but that's he, what but he's he runs known the for. It's what he's known for, but he's also written, I mean... A ton of stuff. Right. One of the most prolific writers. He's a screenwriter. He's He writes plays. Yeah. He does novels. He's... So, um, and he still lives in that crazy little house in Maine, right? Yes, he does. Um, and he made a comment. He's prolific on Twitter. And um, he made a comment. It's a fun follow. Yeah, I think so too. I enjoy following He's him. interesting. He's weird. He made a comment on Twitter that would have been so uncontroversial as to be banal at almost any other point in human history, but is now problematic. Uh, well, what did he say? Uh, here's what he said He said, quote, um, I would never consider diversity in matters of art. Only quality. Huh. It seems to me that they um, that to do otherwise would be wrong. Okay. I would never consider diversity in matters of art only quality. It seems to me that to do otherwise would be wrong. Okay. Well, if you're not going to consider diversity in matters of art, then I don't know why you would consider diversity in anything. So, what do you mean? Well, I don't think art's any different than in business. I don't think art's any different than who you're going to hire at your deli. No. Uh, look. Here's what I think. So years ago, decades ago, when Stephen King was first starting out, he's sitting at his desk and he's writing, you know, a short story or a book. And like every writer of the time, he puts that, you know, manuscript into an envelope and sends it out, sends it out to magazines or publishing houses. And he signs his name, Stephen King. Someone eventually reads the article or the manuscript of the book, thinks, oh, that's good. That's worthy. I'll publish that. They don't know if Stephen King is white, black, Chinese, American Indian, a man or a woman. Well, you know, Stephen King, of course. You, they don't know. What they know is they liked the story enough to publish it, and that was enough. And I think, I'm not going to speak for Stephen King, God bless you. Uh, 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 that was enough. And I think that's his point. 
that he wrote something of quality, he continues to write something of quality, and that should be enough. So when you produce a film in Hollywood, right, man, woman, white, black, red, whatever, it's the artistic piece stands on its own merit. I get that, but that goes against the whole idea of diversity and everything, which is the whole point of there being diversity is that people are not starting in the same place. That you can't just judge the merit or the production, but you need to judge were people given the same opportunity at the beginning. And beginning so, of what? Life. And so because Stephen King is a white male, he has been given, just by virtue of his gender and his skin color, according to American culture, Western culture right now, he has been given everything. And so he has no right to talk about diversity in any form unless he's saying, look, we should be diverse in everything. That's just the way that American popular culture has decided that it should go. And Stephen King violated that, which is why he got 22,000 negative comments on his Twitter feed. People were just so deeply upset. I mean, then how this works in cancel culture, he had to backtrack. Right, he had to essentially apologize for saying something which, to me, just makes sense. Yeah, but he didn't apologize. Well, okay, so uh, let me see. I'll go back on his Twitter. He didn't feed apologize. Here. He basically went back and talked. About, I said basically twice. I, I'm, I'm repeating myself today. I think I'm You're just Ill. so Ill. I, what what he went back and said is you can't produce the same amount or the same quality product if you're not starting at the same place. That's what he said. Right. Um, so he didn't come out and apologize, but he did say something that was more culturally appropriate. He said, the most important thing we can do as artists and creative people is to make sure that everyone has the same fair shot, regardless of sex, color, or orientation. Right now, such people are badly underrepresented and not well, only so in the arts. so that's what everybody's talking about. So that's okay. why he well, got in trouble. I mean, I get that. I mean, I, yeah, everybody wants to have a fair shot. I'm yes. not an anti-fair shot, or I don't want to discriminate against anybody. Right. But... Creativity stands on its own merit. But all work should stand on its own merit. I mean, whether you're working as a cashier or you're making a movie, the point is either you're doing a good job or you're not doing a good job. I agree. I don't want to hire somebody in my store, if I had one, which I don't, who's going to do a bad job. I want to hire someone who's going to do a good job. Of course. And that person can be any color and I don't care. But there are a lot of people who do own stores who do care what color someone is. I get that. And so therefore, that's why discrimination is such a big deal and why the conversation is what it is. I get it. The thing that bothered me about it is how quick, how unbelievably incendiary a comment like that is taken by people who are on Twitter. I mean, it was probably half of a second after he posted that. You got that right. There were a thousand people who were telling him that he was horrible, that they were so disappointed in him. That how could he? And up to this point, Stephen, I've really liked you, but this has made me reconsider everything you've ever written. I mean, we're so ungenerous to each other as we're. Look, Stephen King, just because he's a best selling author and playwright and whatever, doesn't mean he has everything perfectly figured out. So if he said something that you disagree with, it's okay to disagree with him without deciding he has to be canceled. That's the age we live in, right? Well, it's sad. It's absolutely sad. And we're just going to, we're ruining each other and ourselves. Okay. So when you see someone like, you know, Ricky Gervais or J.K. Rowling, Rowling's. Who are both in the midst of being erased. Right. They spoke out as well. Right. And, and they, they were, were like, hated. this is insanity. They we were, should not they be. They were absolutely, and they're you know? both absolutely hated. So the LGBT community is railing against, and the transgender community online is railing against J.K. Rowling. 
it seems like everybody's railing against Ricky Gervais, especially the people who are in Hollywood, based on his monologue at the Golden Globes. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was, too. I mean, not all of it. I thought it was pretty rough. He's rough. The, I mean, last, you, the last 45 seconds was genius. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, it's, you're inviting Ricky Gervais to- You know what you're getting. Five times to emcee the Golden Globes. Exactly. You know exactly what you're going to get. So, what? It's a surprise? He made people angry? Yeah. He spoke out of, you know, out of turn? I don't think he did speak out of turn. I, think, I thought he brought the truth. And he, told, you know, he sticks his thumb in the eye of the people who are elite. That's all. And I don't think Stephen King was trying to stick his thumb in the eye of, of the no, elite. No, I think he was. I think he made the mistake of being honest about what he thought. Whether his opinion is right or not, or you think it's right or wrong, he, he said what he thought. And the avalanche of people who were so offended, so disappointed, are never going to read another one of his books again, are going to oppose him in every regard, was, I'm sure, shocking to him, like it is to any one of us who says something and then is presented with an avalanche of public sentiment that is so angry, you can't believe that it's come to this. Right. But it has come to this. How do you, you're not going to get through this. This is the new reality of the world that we live in. I don't know. what. So where are we going to end up? If we continue with cancel culture the way we are... Five years from now, no one's going to have an opinion about anything because everybody's going to be afraid to say. No, it'll be some unified sort of, you know, communist party opinion. Great. Well, let's look at Moscow in 1972 and see what that looked like. Right. I don't know. Look, there, there are some things. Uh, look, diversity is excellent. We should be as diverse as possible. But uh, I believe that, you know, art sort of stands out on its own. You see something a- as a viewer or, you know, whatever, as a reader you like it right. for all these various reasons that. that don't have any you know, tendrils. Right. Of- I get that. But I, I, I don't think that art is any different than business or Whatever. service or right. anything else. I feel like, look, you, we all want people to do the best job they can yes. if we're the one hiring them. To rise up. So right. that, 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 that's just what we want. The problem is, do they have equal access from the beginning? And sadly, in the history of our country, the answer is no. Take a break and come back. We're going to talk with Pastor John Josephs. Uh, what do Bill Maher, Donald Miller, John Piper have in common? Stick around for that. It's the ride home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. Everyone gets hungry before the party. Why not give them something worth talking about without lifting a finger? Food. The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion. Right now, get their special appetizer package added to your next menu. An inviting selection of hors d'oeuvres starting at $6.95 per person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good food. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. Tools.com. Autocorrect on my iPhone will change the word previous and precious because it's only one letter different. This Valentine's Day, Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. So on my 19th wedding anniversary, I accidentally tweeted, I've loved spending the last 19 years with my previous wife. 
A night to laugh as a couple. February 14th at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. General admission just $30. VIP dinner tickets also available. Hashtag sleeping on the couch. At wordfm.com slash date night. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart. Tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. Mainly cloudy with some rain or snow showers. Tonight's low, 35. Cloudy, windy, and cold with a flurry for Thursday. High, 36. Thursday night and evening snow shower. Otherwise, clouds low, 20. Friday, sunshine and some clouds. High, 31. Saturday, snow and ice up to an inch accumulating, then changing to rain. High, Saturday, 42. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. We had a friend who used to say that his worst nightmare was living in a Christian cul-de-sac and sitting in his lawn chair on a Saturday night drinking an O'Doul's. I mean, as harsh as that is, I get it. Right. So it's one extreme. Right. Now, there's another extreme whenever, like, you know, you turn on uh, Prime or Netflix or whatnot and you fall YouTube. into a quick, yeah, YouTube or the, the web, you fall into a whole other morass. We were just, you know, talking about the culture and uh, the way that the culture sees things in the world. The way world. the culture defines things, the way, the language that they use, the ethics that they have or don't have, and the morality that they show or don't. Right. So. Do you want to be defined by that? That you see on YouTube because it's always and shifting culture because it's and it's always shifting. So whether it's the movie you're watching or the TV show or whatever it is that you're immersed in, that's trying to sell you one worldview. And the other option is what that we're going to be in a cul-de-sac drinking an O'Doul's on Saturday. No. There's got to be a, a happier middle ground, right? Especially you know you're a parent or you're a young kid and you're you're going you're going to go away to college. Look, uh, I would say this: take a good hard look at Grove City College. Uh, it is not some sort of, um, you know, Christian cul-de-sac. It is certainly not some uh, Pollyannish look at the culture as well. Right. It is a place where there is deep learning. Where in the classroom, if they're talking about abortion, they're going to show you both sides exactly. Right. And then they're going to say to the kids, you know, what do you think? Yeah. The first time my daughter went to Grove City, she was a senior in high school. She went up there. She sat in on a psychology class where they were discussing abortion, as you said. She came out of that class and she called me and she said, listen, in all the years I've been in high school, I never heard both sides presented as fairly as they were at Grove City. I mean, I, it's not a perfect place, but I love it there. Me too. Our kids are there. Look online for your child, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. So what do Bill Maher, Donald Miller, John Piper have in common? In different ways, God has used them to lead our next guest to Jesus. Pastor John Joseph is with us, and uh, his testimony is appearing in Christianity Today. And boy, he's got a story to tell. Hey, John, thanks for being with us here today. Uh, it's great to be with you. It's an honor to be able to, to share about how uh, yeah, God showed me mercy and his son, Jesus. So these three men that you've brought up, Bill Maher, Donald Miller, and John Piper, are not usually mentioned in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Uh, they, they don't usually go alongside one another, but it just shows the, the various ways, means, and people that God can use to, yeah. to lead people to himself. And yeah. I love that, because we tend to think, especially once we are believers and we're, quote, inside the fold, that whatever was important to us or the people that spoke to us, those are the people that God uses, right? And the people that That's- don't speak to us are the people that he doesn't use. Yeah, it's exactly right, and he used them in such different ways. Uh, I can just think about and even explain some a bit uh, about each of them. But 
yeah, they were they were each so formative and in very different ways uh, in my life. Nice. Okay, so John, your story is like a lot of guys' stories, right? Yeah, uh, sort of one of those typical uh, American upbringings. Uh, you were in high school, you were involved in sports, and you were fortunate. You grabbed a baseball scholarship. You uh, went to Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, but when you got there, you weren't really necessarily interested in academics or the sports itself. What you found was you really dug partying. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, the way that I describe it to people is – you know, most people get to college when they're freshmen and they're, you know, kind of immature. They just graduated high school, but they move towards maturity. And by the time they're done with college, they're ready to take on the responsibilities of adulthood. But, yeah, my life was very different and my trajectory in school was very different. I went from immature to more irresponsible to reckless uh, by the time I was graduating college. And, yeah, my life just spiraled out of control in the years that followed uh, graduating. I mean, it's a common story, right? I mean, a, a lot of guys start out drinking or they're smoking weed, and then you, you picked up Coke, and of course, uh, Coke is sort of like a Molotov cocktail. It blows people's minds, uh, you know, out of out of control, and that was the deep spiral into your life. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I I got into to smoking weed in my junior and senior years in college, and it it, it uh, became one of those things that I would do all day, and I figured if I was doing it, I should make more money. I should make money rather than spend money, uh, and so I started selling it. But selling it got me involved with uh, other types of drugs and with people who were selling other types of drugs, which eventually led me into cocaine use and then also selling cocaine. Uh, and that just it, it really my life. Uh, I think what I say in the article is that. Yeah, cocaine really stole my soul. It just turned me into a completely different human being than I was before and really just became more of a monster. I just I used people for my own good. I lied to people, stole from people, uh, just became a really a really terrible human being. So you decided you needed a drastic change. So you enlisted in the U.S. Coast Guard. What was that like? Yeah, that's right. So I, I thought my problem was uh, the people that I was around, and I thought my problem was if I if I could just get away from Richmond, Virginia, uh, then you know my, my problems would be solved. Uh, so I joined the Coast Guard, went through boot camp. It was great. It, it taught me self-discipline. It, it provided a bit of structure. Uh, but what I quickly found out when I got stationed at my first unit in Astoria, Oregon, was that Richmond wasn't the problem, and my my friends or my peer group in Richmond wasn't the problem, but I was the problem. Uh, and so all of the same problems followed me to Astoria, Oregon. So I really started struggling with anxiety uh, and even a bit of depression uh, because whenever we would pull into port, you know, we'd be out to sea for a couple weeks at a time. We'd pull into port, and I would do all the same things. I'd look for drugs. I'd, I'd drink as much as I could, uh, using women, things like that. Uh, the same patterns of living followed me. And I just started I started struggling with fear about who I was going to be for the rest of my life because I realized that I just couldn't change myself. Yeah, that's scary. Okay, so then the, the cool thing happened. You met a guy who was a believer, and he was a good guy. And like a lot of guys, you know, hey, man, I'm checking you out. Come on in and, uh, you know, come hang out with my family. Maybe let's go to church together. Yeah, that's right. Art Thompson, a guy I'll never forget. Uh, he was a, a, a bit younger than me. He was about 22 years old at the time. I was 27. He was from Northern California, and he was just he just had a vibrant joy about himself. He was very open about the fact that he followed Jesus. He was very open about the fact that he wanted me to follow Jesus, but he did it in such a, a just a kind, generous, and joyful way 
that it really drew me in, and I wanted to learn more about Jesus. And so I would uh, uh, accompany him to his house. We'd have dinner together. I'd eat with his family. He would share with me how Jesus changed his own life, and I could see how that happened in his life as he shared with me some very distinct similarities that he shared to, to my own life and the things that I was struggling with, but, but that God had rescued him out of. Uh, and he was the very first person that the Lord really used uh, to start bringing me to faith. But I, it, as uh, I, I say in the article, I didn't become a Christian there. He was the type of guy, if, I don't know if you have anybody in your life like this that you've been inviting to church for a while, you've been sharing with, uh, with them about Jesus. I would always tell him, hey, I would love to go to church, and then I would just never go because I was— yeah too hungover or just not interested. Right. Okay, so before this, John, what was your faith-like life? I mean, did you grow up, uh, you know, your parents, did they go to church? Did you have any connection to Christ at all? Yeah, so I grew up in a, I think what I would call just a traditionally Catholic family. So we went to Mass every Sunday. Uh, But outside of that hour that we spent at Mass on Sunday, our family didn't really talk much about following Jesus. It wasn't something that my parents really actively encouraged me in. And it wasn't something that I really cared to think about. So after I left high school and went off to college and in the years following college, I didn't attend church at all and really didn't start thinking about Jesus again until the Lord put art in my life. And then Blue Like Jazz came along, the book by Donald Miller. Yeah, that's right. So I got restationed to Northern California in 2008, and God very kindly put a couple more Christians in my life at the unit that I was stationed at. One of them got me onto Donald Miller books, and I think I read through all of the books that he had written at the time, but the one, Blue Like Jazz, really stood out because it just made me think more about what it would look like to have a relationship with God. Uh, he seemed to talk about his relationship with God in a way that was compelling to me, and it made me want that. I think I just believed that God existed. I never thought about what it would mean to be in a personal relationship with God. Uh, so I read that book. But really, one of the main ways that God used that book was about a year later, I started wanting to hear somebody teach the Bible. And I recall Donald Miller describing his church in Portland, Oregon, and it sounded like a wonderful place. So I looked them up online and started listening to sermons uh, from that church and really started putting the pieces together of what following Jesus was really about. Wow. Okay, so then Bill Maher, he produces this documentary, uh, and mm-hmm. then Ravi Zacharias. Talk about the Bill Maher documentary. Again, two names that aren't usually in the same sentence. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. So at this time that I, I, I'm reading, or I'm going back and listening to sermons from Donald Miller's church in, in Oregon, uh, I start, I'm thinking more about what it means to follow Jesus. And at the time, uh, I was living in Baltimore, Maryland by this time, and uh, I would just watch movies surf the web at night, you know, drink and hang out in my apartment. And one night I rented Bill Maher's documentary, Religious, where, you know, he makes a very he makes it very clear that he is trying to debunk uh, Christianity and, and other world religions. And he brought up some objections about Jesus and about the Bible that I had just never heard before. And so after that documentary was done, I got online and just Googled Christian debate. I was hoping to find somebody who could respond to these types of objections. That's cool. And in the Google search results, I found Ravi Zacharias. I had no idea who he was. Uh, and I started watching his videos, and uh, he is just such a compelling speaker. And I think it was, you know, the combination of his skill, but also just the truthfulness of what he was saying. I just started seeing the, the patterns of the things that he would talk about, whether it was atheism or nihilism, 
about how they corrode the meaning, the meaning of life. And I saw how even in my own life, I basically made a lot of the decisions I made in life because I thought life was meaningless. Yeah. Uh, but here's this man who starts, he's, he's showing me that life is not, is not meaningless. And that meaning is found in and through a relationship with God through his son, Jesus. And uh, the God really started using those talks to open my eyes to the truthfulness of Christianity. We're talking with Pastor John Josephs. He's got a testimonial in uh, this month's Christianity Today. What do Bill Maher, Donald Miller, and John Piper have in common? But I, I love this, John, because at the same time, while you're going this and you're drawing closer, you still were under the uh, perception that somehow, you know, you had to change yourself through an exercise of willpower. Yeah, that's exactly right. I So for the longest time, for probably, this is about middle of 2009 now when all this is happening, and for probably the last 10 years of my life, I mean, in those years in Richmond, I, I hated who I was. I, I didn't want to be doing the things that I was doing, but at the same time, I felt trapped by them. I couldn't stop doing them. And I had been trying to change who I was for the longest time. And around the time that I'm reading Donald Miller, I'm listening to these sermons, I'm listening to Ravi Zacharias, I really feel like I'm starting to change myself. I'm, I'm not doing the things as often that I had been doing before. And I really thought Christianity was about being a good person, you know, be moral, be good and, uh, you know, fix yourself and, and believe in God and believe in Jesus, but, but do what, you know, do good things. And, uh, I had a number of things happen towards the end of 2009 that just proved to me that I was never going to change, that I couldn't be good enough. Uh, in God's sight, in my own power, or in my own righteousness. I started struggling again with drinking and with drugs towards the end of 2009, and it just seemed proof to me that I was never going to change. I was always going to be trapped by the same sins, by those same struggles. Uh, but that was when uh, God brought John Piper into my life. Yeah, that's so cool. a, Another person. Uh, that he used. I mean, I love this so much because it's kind of like a dog chasing its tail and you're, you know, wrapped up in this, you know, self-hatred and all of a sudden, you know, you do find John Piper and, and that really was the thing that sort of changed everything. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I went home uh, to Richmond, Virginia in uh, for New Year's of 2009 into 2010 and I went home with the intention of just seeing some old friends, you know, having a good time but not getting too crazy because I'd been, you know, listening to these sermons, trying to be a better person. And uh, I went out for New Year's and, you know, the same things that had happened in years past happened again. I I drank way too much and drugs and all of that just played into it. And I I just had a a horrible experience. It was kind of the final piece of evidence in my life that I was never going to change, that I didn't have the power to change my heart. And I got home from that trip to Richmond and I had heard about John Piper in a sermon uh, from the church in Portland, Donald Miller's church. I'd heard his name about a week prior, and I had no idea who he was. I figured I might as well check this guy out. I have no idea, you know, what his preaching will be like. So I got home. I turned the sermon on, and he was just happened to be the sermon that I picked that he was preaching on God's justice and his holiness. And he was talking about how we can't be good enough for God because of our sins. And because he's just, he will punish us for our sins. Uh, And it was the first time in my life that I ever realized that I hadn't just done bad things, that I had actually sinned against the holy God uh, who was righteous and who would punish sin. And so uh, it really was the first time that I think my eyes were opened in that way to that aspect of the good news. And uh, about two nights later, uh, it was January 5th by this time, January 5th of 2010, 
I went back and listened to a sermon on John 3.16, and it was probably two or three minutes into the sermon, he was preaching about how John 3.16 has the most important truths in all of Scripture wrapped up in that one verse. And he said it really depends on uh, how you respond to this verse will determine whether you spend forever in hell or you live forever with God in heaven. And I recall in the middle of those two comments, it was as though my life was slowing to a crawl. And I could look back over the last 10, 15 years of my life and just it was as though God was giving me a glimpse of the thousands and thousands of sins that I committed against him and all of the things that I had done. And I just felt the crushing weight of that sin uh, and knew that I had no hope. And it was in, in, in a moment, uh, the weight of that sin fell off. And the, uh, at one moment, I believed I was going to hell. And the very next moment, I believed I was going to heaven. I had been saved. And I believe that Jesus was Lord, and that was the first time that I had ever even thought that in my life. Uh, and it, that marked a very radical and immediate change in my life. John, how long ago was that? So that was January 5th of 2010, so about 10 years and a week ago. Wow. wow. And, and so now you're a pastor. Obviously, you went to seminary. I mean, it, it's a pretty amazing story, but it's a story that's repeated often, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I've seen it happen in other people's lives since going into ministry. So I left the Coast Guard in 2013, uh, just to separate it, had an honorable discharge uh, with the intention of going into ministry. I'd been involved at a church, in a church in Washington, D.C., and they encouraged me towards ministry. So I came on staff there and got to see God working in people's lives in the same way that he worked in my life years before. And uh, he just gave me a, a really strong desire right away after becoming a Christian to start telling people about this good news, about what Jesus has done for us. Uh, and so I really wanted to give my life to going into ministry. And so I uh, started as a pastoral intern in 2014, then became uh, more of like a pastoral assistant, administrative assistant uh, in 2015, then became an assistant pastor and was sent out from that church in Washington, D.C., with a group of about 60 people to start a new church just outside of D.C. in Chevrolet, Maryland. Wow. John, just a minute or so left. But, you know, when I, when I hear a story like yours, my hope is that someone's out there listening right now who was just like you, you know, was smoking weed, uh, doing mm-hmm. drugs, lots of cocaine. Offer something for that person out there because they, they're trapped in that cycle of self-hatred and they can't get out of it either. Yeah, the, the, if I'm going to say anything to that person, it's going to be to reach out. I mean, if you want to contact me, you can look up John Joseph at Chevrolet Baptist Church. My email is on that website. Uh, I would love to talk with you about the only true hope to release you from that cycle, because that's a cycle that I lived in for years, trying to change myself, wanting to be better, making it you know, for a day or two or three or a week or so, but then I'd always fall back in. And when the Bible talks about us being slaves to sin, that's, that's, what, that's what you're seeing in your own life. But Jesus uh, is the only one that can give you a new heart, uh, and he does do that. He's done that to millions of people around the world, uh, and he offers that new heart to you if you turn from your sin and trust in him. And if you want to talk about that with me, uh, hit me up. My email's on our church website, and I would love to help walk with you through that. That's brilliant. Pastor, thanks an awful lot. Love the story. Uh, just really wonderful. Uh, God's in you doing new and wonderful things. Amen. Thank you for this opportunity. Our great pleasure. What do Bill Maher, Donald Miller, and John Piper have in common? You just heard Pastor John Joseph told his story. 
We'll take a break. Step away. Stick, stick around. We, we still got a little ways to go here on the ride home. So we hope that you're with us. It's one of life's most important questions. Are you living in the spirit? Does your life give testimony to the fact that you're saved, that you're informed and restrained and guided by the Holy Spirit? John MacArthur's study this week can help you answer that all-important question. Join us for the series, Living in the Spirit, on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Remember those 300-piece some assembly required toy sets? The ones your kids loved, but you were too proud to use the instructions. Yeah, you figured it out, eventually. The looks on their faces were worth it, but you listened to your wife the next time when she told you to just read the manual. Some assembly is required for retirement, too. It may not always be fun, but it matters. And that's why Accurate Solutions Group invites you to a dinner workshop to talk about retirement's most common concerns, things like taxes, Social Security, if you have too much money in the market, and much more. Seating is limited, so pick the date that works for you by calling to register today. Call or text RSVP to 412-515-0005. That's 412-515-0005. Start assembling your retirement plan with help from Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade with over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Join Cornerstone Television Network for our Be the Bridge broadcast. All week starting January 20th at 8 p.m. Learn how God has called our city to be a light in this world. Hear stories of lives changed and discover ways you can get involved to share the gospel of Jesus. Be the bridge for Pittsburgh and beyond. January 20 through 24, 8 p.m. on Cornerstone TV. That's Pittsburgh Channel 40 or Channel 5 on Verizon and Comcast. Just talking about addiction and the role that substances play in our lives. Uh, John, you found this article about about alcoholism, or not yeah. alcoholism, but alcohol use in America today. Yeah, this is from the uh, L.A. Times that uh, Americans are drinking more now than when prohibition was enacted, a trend that's wow. been rising for two decades with no clear end in sight. So um, prohibition started um, in 1920, January 17th, 1920. It lasted for 13 years. And... Um, 
at that time, uh, people were drinking 2.7 gallons of alcohol per person per year. Now, the highest uh, amount of alcohol being drunk in the United States was in the year 1830, where they were drinking 3.7 gallons per person in the United States. But, um, you know, if you know anything about Prohibition, it was a huge spiritual movement that uh, started in this country, so much so that they literally changed the Constitution of the United States to outlaw alcohol because of the, and this is not hyperbole, uh, because of the evils of alcohol. I mean, people just could not be temperate in their drinking. And it was largely, um, uh, the temperate movement was largely run by believers, and especially women believers. So... um, now people are drinking just kind of off the charts, basically. I mean, you know, uh, drinking fell in the mid-1980s to a 21-year low. But since that time, it's been on the rise. 88,000 people die each year as a result of alcoholism. Oh and in the article in the L.A. Times, they're saying that this is probably a low number. Because what they did was the L.A. Times went through death certificates that mentioned alcohol. Now, look, you know, a lot of people who are alcoholics that doesn't say, you right. know, cirrhosis of the liver or things like that. Um, but it is. It, it's off the charts, and uh, it, it's clearly in black and white. I mean, remember, remember a couple of years ago they came out with the health benefits of alcohol. People said, well, you know, the French, the French drink alcohol on a regular basis, but they are some of the healthiest people. So you should drink a glass of wine or two a day. That's helpful. Well, that's a misnomer as well. Well, well and now it seems to be in kind of like in intellectual circles, there's conversation now about it being unhealthful. So if you're going to go into a spa and you're going to do your detox, whatever it is, right? However you're going to detox, whether it's through your, you know, through your intestines, through your skin, through your head, however you're going to do it, the number one thing you're not going to do is drink alcohol. Right. So, but that's very new. I mean, I've only seen that written about in maybe the last six months in some super trendy spas that are popping up in um, the Los Angeles area. As far as the average person goes, those stats are really shocking. They're really, uh, it causes me to pause. I, 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 I wish that we would, based on our history, have a better understanding of what alcohol can do to us. You know, what you see in in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, like a lot of trends, um, a a lot of movements, the first of the year, AA meetings are clogged. Ah, because everybody's got their resolution. Right. I'm going to stop drinking. I I know I'm an alcoholic. I'm done. And then you see as the, the year goes on, those people step away and they go back to their old habits again. But you're right, Kath. There has to be a, a different conversation about it to talk about it in a way that is not finger-wagging. Finger wagging. Right. right. It's um, not going to be guys and dolls. No. What was her name in there? You know. Sarah Sidden. There. Wow, that's impressive. Thank you. Follow the Lord in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's just not going to convert people now. No. It's not. I mean. So, but but you'd think that rational argument just. The mother is against drunk driving movement. Look yeah, at what that's, that's a, look at what that's achieved in the last thirty or so years. Right. So people are aware of that. I, I don't know. I, I just maybe it's because of how hard people are working, how hard students are working, and that's the way that they blow off steam, or that's the way they look at rewarding themselves. But you know this: if you know or love, or you yourself are an alcoholic or an excess drinker, 
It's chaos. It is absolute chaos. It's absolute, I mean, I've got a friend whose husband died decades ago, and so she, you know, she went out and got her own job. She's working at the state store, and I follow her on Facebook. She constantly talks about the booze barn, the state store where she works, and her regulars, and yeah. she, you know, she tells one horrific story after another. It's a heartbreaker. Right. And, of course, the main people that get hurt in all of the circumstances are the ones that are dependent yes. and vulnerable. Right. The spouses and yep. especially the children. Yep. Anyway, Look, Americans I, are drinking more now I'm not now saying than you shouldn't drink, but yep. I'm saying that if you drink, you better be careful how you drink. Yep. Take a break. Come back. Uh, we get a little mix ahead here, right? You've got a mix ahead because it's National Bagel Day. Yeah. Do you forget? No, no. I like a bagel. Bring it on. Here is some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance, and it's worked beautifully for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, and over the years, members have shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills, so they could help share your needs too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. You're not stuck with a high-cost health plan. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. Here's the number to find out more, and there's no pressure. They are super easy to talk to. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 grade open house Tuesday, January 21st at 6.30 p.m. I'm Principal April Iceman. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and Special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, Snapology, and Spanish. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine, believe, achieve at jubileecs.org. Hey, this is Laura Story. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular week-long Alaska cruise? After you prepare your heart with worship led by Michael O'Brien and myself, Alistair Begg will be sharing from God's Word, and together we will renew our vision, purpose, and connection with Christ. We'll let Scripture steer our hearts as we explore God's eternal truths together. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska. When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day. This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. You want an insurance provider that lets you customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need? Try Liberty Mutual Insurance. Want to hear our new jingle? Here you go. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Want to hear it again? Liberty, 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 Liberty. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it.
Happy to be celebrating National Bagel Day. Are you celebrating? No, I don't really know. <laughs> Sounds half-hearted. I can't. You don't like a bagel? I do like a bagel, yeah. but a bagel is a lot for me. A like lot of it, dough. I, I really am full. After a bagel. And I'm full for the most of the day. Mm, what? Most of the day? Yeah, it's just it's too me? much for really? me. A bagel is too much. I love a bagel. See, uh, when we were kids, bagels were, were not a thing. No, they weren't a thing. Right? And all of a sudden, they became a thing. I remember going to the bagel place on Murray Avenue in Squirrel Hill. Schwartz's. Uh, no. no, it was like right like, towards Minio's, and they made Schwartz's the bagels there fresh. Forbes. Uh, this was a great, you know, it was like a, it was like a wholesale place. Okay. You'd go in there and you'd get like a hot bag of bagel, bagels. Pumpernickel. Oh, isn't a pumpernickel bagel? The I agree with you on that. Favorite, the so best. So delicious. Warm. You know what else I love? Mm. Wait. Salt. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's like a soft pretzel. Oh, yeah, it is. Schwartz's was my favorite. Mm, remember Schwartz's? I do right remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to love their salt bagels. Yeah, with a big old hunk of uh, cream cheese. Wait. Mm. Dill. Oh, happy to have a dill bagel. Oh, dill yeah. bagel's delicious. Yeah, I think yeah. Schwartz's used to have one of those, too. Is there a good bagel place around? I mean, Brugger's fine. It's a chain. Yeah, but that's a chain. Yeah, what about a I local, feel like... like... Could... There has to be a bunch of them. We should look into that. Yeah. Now I start to want one. Give me a bagel now, please. All right. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.